Welcome to the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hagen, a nutrition coach, entrepreneur, food freedom expert, and forever a recovering disordered eater. I am here to help you own your enoughness, find your very own food freedom, and achieve your health and wellness goals in a way that gives more than it takes. Each week, I will provide you with insight and inspiration surrounding no-nonsense nutrition, mindset, motivation, body image, confidence, and other wellness wisdom. Welcome back, squad, to the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom podcast. It is just me today for our solo episode, episode number 86. And I'm excited for this one because I am going to challenge your tushy with three life-changing questions that I need you to ask yourself. But before I share these three questions with you, I just have to say thank you because we have hit officially over 33,000 downloads on the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom podcast. And I'm looking at my insights as we speak and 747 of you have tuned in in the last week. When I think about those numbers, like my mind is blown. I love, love, love knowing that so many of you are tuning in to no nonsense nutrition education and working to create sustainable, big, powerful change in your life. Nothing makes me happier. So I'm going to ask you a favor. If you have been tuning in for a little while now and you have heard something that has really just spoken to your heart, it's hit you in the feels or just helped you to maybe pivot your nutrition in a more life-giving way, would you please take 60 seconds, maybe even less than that, and leave a review? That is how others get to hear about the podcast, not to mention you sharing the episode to your Instagram stories and your Facebook stories. And you know my mission is to help every single person, but women especially, to ditch diet culture and the shame that comes with that. So if you can help me do that by dropping a review or sharing a snapshot on your stories, that would mean the world to me. But without further ado, let's dive into today's topic, three life-changing questions to ask yourself ASAP. Question number one, are you ready for this? What problem does this behavior solve? Because every behavior is, in fact, a solution to a problem. Let's think about babies for a second. When they're in pain, what do they do? They cry. Pain is the problem. Crying is the solution because someone is going to come over and comfort them. When they're hungry, they eat. When they're sad, they cuddle someone that they love or a stuffed animal for comfort. And when they're tired, they take a nap. All of those behaviors are solutions to the problem. Now, as we grow up, we learn how to find temporary solutions to our problems because we're busy, because maybe some of these things have been taught to us through modeling and conditioning, whatever the case may be. And so we, quote, solve these problems with less effective solutions. Let me give you a few examples. When we're in pain, we might lash out at a loved one 
When we're hungry, we might chew a piece of gum or drink a glass of water because that's what diet culture told us to do. But then we binge later. And in that scenario, binging is the solution to the restricting, which was the problem. If we had eaten, that would have been an effective solution for the hunger problem. When we're sad, we might down a bottle of wine and check out our ex's Instagram profile. (laughs) When we're tired, we might slug coffee or an energy drink. Yeah, these are solutions to the problem, but they're all temporary and not very effective. So when we engage in these solutions, we tend to get really angry at ourselves for our behavior. We judge and criticize and we say things to ourselves like, oh, why did I do that? I'm so stupid. I'll never be successful or I'm never going to get to my goal. But judgment and criticism only lead to one thing, shame. I'm not good enough. Something is wrong with me. And that shame leads to a dissociation, a disconnection from our bodies, which only keeps that habit loop in effect, meaning that we continue these ineffective behaviors on repeat, even though they leave us feeling so frustrated and move us farther from our goals. But once we realize and can cognitively understand that every behavior, every action we execute is trying to solve a problem and we commit to getting curious rather than judging or criticizing, asking why we do what we do, which is why I went into psychology in the first place. I love the behavior of humans. I wanted to know why do people act this way and why do certain people do things that other people don't? When we get curious and we start asking why, we have the power to break the habit loop and replace it with something more effective and life-giving. And I wanna give you a few real-life client examples. A rock star of mine recently identified that she binges on food whenever she's alone. She made this connection. And after asking why, we discovered that she doesn't know who she is as an individual. She's normally so busy being a mom and a wife and an amazingly successful businesswoman, but when she strips all that away and she's left alone to her own devices, she feels lost and kind of empty. And you know what fixes that for a short window of time? Food. So she binges, but she's identified that that doesn't leave her feeling her best. In fact, far from it. But now that we've done this powerful work and she's identified that her binge trigger, binging is the solution to feeling lost and alone and empty, we're working through it together and finding healthier, more goal-supportive and truly effective coping mechanisms for her loneliness and her lost identity. She has to truly address that root problem in order to stop this temporary and ineffective solution that is binge eating. Another rock star was getting frustrated by the fact that she always, quote, messes up late at night. She crushes her nutrition action steps for the first half of the day, but then after she shuts her work down, she's always reaching for alcohol and sweets, even though her goals mean a lot to her. So we started asking why, and at first she didn't know because nobody had asked her before, 
But when I asked her what problem she thought those behaviors were solving, she uncovered that she actually feels a little depressed living alone. And especially right now, thanks to COVID quarantine, she can't really engage in hobbies she might typically in her local community. So together we're working on finding other solutions for her blue and down days to help her feel less isolated. Because if we truly address the problem of her feeling lonely and isolated, we don't need the ineffective solution that is drinking and binging on sweets and treats. Food is a temporary solution, but after it wears off, leaves her and most of us feeling worse than before. Unless the problem we're solving is true physiological hunger, in which case food is the only thing that will truly provide a solution. And I'll share one more rock star story with you. This individual was crushing his goals, like so, so on top of the world. But all of a sudden, he stopped checking in with me. He stopped committing to things that were really helping him move the needle forward. And at first, both he and I were confused as to why his compliance had started waning. But on a recent coaching call, we explored why. And we discovered that his work demands had recently increased. And so, in order to show up and impress his boss and his colleagues, he felt like he needed to neglect his own nourishment and self-care. He didn't have time. A solution that allowed him to succeed at work, but ultimately was costing him his health, his happiness, and his progress. So once we were able to make that connection, he realized that he needed to set some healthy work boundaries to ensure that his nutrition and his self-care practices were no longer going to be compromised as a result of his work schedule. So the problem was he was short on time. The solution was foregoing his nutrition action steps so that he could create more time. Did it work in the short term? Hell yeah, it did. But in the long term, it didn't get him where he wanted to go. So he had to find more effective solutions like creating these boundaries. When we have a problem, whatever that problem may be, our brain works really hard to find a solution. And when that solution doesn't leave us feeling like how we want to, we need to pause and ask, what problem does this behavior solve? What's it trying to solve? And what might be a more effective solution for this problem when it pops up again in the future? So the next time Rockstar number one is feeling lost when she's alone, she knows that that's her trigger. And now she asks herself, hmm, how can I solve my loneliness in a way that's truly going to be long lasting and effective? When Rockstar number two feels depressed and down because she's isolated, she's going to say, okay, Food might help for a short window, but what's really going to leave me feeling connected? Is it calling a loved one? Is it, I don't know, joining a Facebook group where she can have a remote community of support? And Rockstar number three knows that when he starts neglecting his nutrition, he really needs to check in with his schedule. Maybe he's being overextended elsewhere and he needs to make sure that those boundaries stay firmly in place. So I want to challenge you to ask question number one. Whenever a behavior or an action occurs that doesn't feel good, ask yourself, hmm, what problem is this behavior trying to solve? And then follow up with what might be a more effective solution for this problem and see how it goes. Question number two 
then I want to challenge you to ask yourself is, how do I want to feel tomorrow, one month from now, six months from now, even a year from now? How do I want to feel? Too often, we act as a result of how we want to look. And this is conditioned by diet culture, but it's a losing game because how we look is an outcome, a direct result of our thoughts, our feelings, and resulting actions. But how we look is not within our direct control, right? So it always is going to lead us astray when it's used as our number one goal and motivator. And I'll give you an example so you can understand what I mean. A client recently told me that she felt really frustrated by her progress, even though she was doing great. I was actually surprised to hear this, but she said, I'm so frustrated because I don't think I'm ever actually going to get to my goal weight. I played along and said, okay, well, let's think about this. What will it take to get to your goal weight? What will you have to do? What does your life have to look like in order for you to make that goal weight your reality? And she rattled off a few things that she thought would get her there. To which I replied, really? Doing all of those things guarantees that you will reach your goal weight. How do you know? She thought about it and she said, well, I guess I don't. Exactly. I said, we can't possibly know what it will take to get to a goal weight because weight is an outcome. We can't control. It changes in correlation with our consistent behaviors. Sure. But a much better, more reliable way to approach progress is to ask, how do I want to feel? And then follow it up by asking, what can I do today? and every day moving forward in order to feel that way, allowing weight and other metrics like clothing, fit, and girth measurements to fall as they may. Might that get you to your goal weight? Maybe, maybe not. But at that point, you can rest assured that you have done everything in your power to feel the way you want to and how your body responds to that is what you know you can confidently maintain. That seems a whole lot more effective than blindly throwing a bunch of dieting tactics against the wall and seeing what makes the scale move, doesn't it? Because I assure you, we can try a thousand things that will get the scale to move. But if those things aren't sustainable and they don't leave us feeling good, what's the point? Because they won't last, meaning our results won't last either. So instead of thinking about and obsessing over how you want to look, Try flipping the script and thinking about how you want to feel once you arrive at your goal. Confident, comfortable, at home in your body, no longer thinking or obsessing about food, at peace, strong, sexy, fill in the blank. And then ask, what can I do And how can I show up today to help myself feel that way? That you can control. And when conducted over time consistently, it will get you to your ultimate goal of how you want to feel. 90% of new clients come to me wanting to lose body fat in a safe and sustainable way. Some of them have goal weights. Some of them don't. But whenever a client graduates feeling on top of the world and assured that they can confidently maintain their results, 
which is what I want for all of my rock stars, not a single one of them has said that their biggest accomplishment or the thing that they're most proud of is achieving a number on the scale. It's always about how they feel in their bodies, in their lives, and in their relationships with food. Where's your focus? And does it need to be redirected to what you can control? Question number three, you're going to love this one, is why the fuck not? You just told me how you wanted to feel. So naturally, this is my final question. Why can't you achieve that feeling? What's holding you back? Our scaredy cat human brains always like to ask, but what if... And I've seen time and time again that when you replace what if with why the fuck not, magical things occur. And I know what you're thinking, but what if I fail? What if I make a fool of myself? But what if I'm not successful? But what if, what if, what if? But you know what? If you keep sitting there wondering and worrying about all the things that could happen, nothing ever will. Because you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. If you never take that leap and try doing the damn thing, you'll never do the damn thing. And you'll never know what you're capable of. Complaining, excuse making, feeling sorry for yourself, and being uncoachable are all simply procrastination tactics. Now, that might rub you the wrong way. My husband hates it when I tell him he's procrastinating. (laughs) But here's the thing. It's normal. It's a self-preservation tactic. I don't know exactly how this is going to turn out, so I'm just going to sit here on the sidelines and BS myself until I can come up with a clear and certain plan. Yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) Only that's not how life works. There is never a clear or certain plan. And even if you have one, life often likes to blow those up. I'm going to use myself as an example for this one. Last year, In July, as many of you know, I took the plunge and went all in on nutrition coaching with Nicole. I had been coaching privately as my side hustle, so to speak, and was really scared to leave what I thought was my dream job as a sports nutritionist working for our local health system. They created this position for me. I loved it. But it also felt really safe. It had benefits and came with retirement fund. So I told myself, okay, well, when I start making five figure months on my own, then I'll feel safe enough to leave. Then I'll be ready. Then I'll take the plunge. Man, all along I was thinking, because what if I fail? What if I make a fool of myself? What if I can't do this? I was asking myself all the same questions you ask. But my coach at the time, he told me one thing. He said, Nicole, life is going to throw you challenges before you're ready. And you have two choices. One is to stay safe and in your comfort zone because you're afraid of change. And two is to jump and trust that the net will appear. I hated that line when he first shared it with me because like my analytical brain just, it didn't make sense. But you know what? I decided to jump. I was peeing my pants midair as I jumped, but I did it. And the month after I left, 
I hit my first five-figure month as a private online nutrition coach. I jumped before I felt ready. I jumped knowing that there was uncertainty ahead. And I share this with you not to brag, although to be quite honest, the Nutrition with Nicole squad is freaking awesome. And I love all of my rock stars with my whole heart because they too have chosen to jump and trust that they will reach their goals. They've replaced their what if with why the fuck not and have gone on to prove themselves and to those around them that they can do whatever they put their minds to. I share this with you so that you know you can too. Because when you commit to making it happen, you can't fail. You can't mess it up. Seriously. Because every time you do fail and mess up, you'll learn from it. You'll pick yourself up and move forward with more feedback and more experience and more resiliency than you had before. Okay, okay, okay. I lied. Fourth and final question. What are you waiting for? Get your tushy off the sidelines. Stop doubting yourself. You're freaking amazing. And take action towards how you want to feel and your big, powerful goal today. My one-on-one nutrition coaching application will be waiting in the show notes below for the badasses among you who are ready to make your goals reality, to jump and trust that the net will appear, and to really dig deep in changing the relationship you have with food and with your body so you can feel freaking fantastic for life. Catch you on the flip side, squad. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and then head on over to nutritioncoachingwithnicole.com where you can sign up for my weekly emails where I send out my favorite tips, tricks, advice, and support every single Monday morning to help you kick your week off right. Thanks for listening. Until next time.